If you saw even recently, MatPat was a gigantic YouTuber, one of the OGs. I mean, been around for like 13 years, created a channel, over 10 million subscribers on it. He's pretty much the face of it. The rest of his team that's now been built up, they are also creating content. This is also something that's been consciously done that differentiates them from everybody else over the long term. It's not something that immediately, oh yeah, they just magically got 50 people working for them, working with one person, then working with two, then five. I've built up to where I'm working with 10 different contractors. I have two full-time employees. And that is going to be a very personal question as well. Where do you want to keep going with it? And I can tell you firsthand, it is a challenge letting that go. Welcome to the Creator CEO, where we unravel the business behind the content. We hear from creators, the people behind them, and the systems that they've built. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another live coaching session, Inside Pipeline. Um, if you missed last week's or the, the week prior uh, coaching session, we're running this live with you here in the audience. We're also going to take a snippet of this and share it on the pods. You might have heard that on the pod in the last week that dropped. If this is your first ever time attending one of these sessions, I am the owner and co-founder of Pipeline, uh, now Zygo Media. I am joined today by the legend Stone. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Yes, if you're not familiar with me too, been creating content for 12 years now, a little over, which is awesome. Streaming for a very long time. And in particular with what we're talking about today, quite a few lessons that I have learned uh, specifically pertaining to this that I think is going to be super exciting. So very, very excited to get into some of the topics. Yeah, and a, and a big thing um, I have witnessed is when folks are new in the journey in those first few years, repeating the same mistakes. And I often wonder, like, even in, in talking about this today, uh, when you hear the mistakes that we've made ourselves or the mistakes that we've seen other people make, you still have to make it yourself first before you internalize it. Or can you shortcut the path to success by actually le learning from some of what we're going to share and kind of avoid some of the mistakes that we've made or that other folks have made? Stone, do you think that you have to make the mistake yourself first? Or do you think that you can listen to this and hopefully it'll help you avoid some of the pain that we had to go through? I feel like this is a bigger philosophical question even of, you know, I remember my dad giving me a bunch of lessons in life on, on things and some of it I, I would listen to and understood and some things I did make the mistake myself on. So I think there's a mix of it for a lot of different people, but I do think it's completely possible to hear this information and to make a transition and to actually follow through with it, understand the concept where it's coming from. And it might even be something that you've heard a million times, but this is the time that it actually connects and you take the step to make the change. Cause that's ultimately what it comes down to with many regards, you doing the work and getting after it. So I definitely think it's possible and we're definitely going to do our best to help you guys with it today. Hitting you at the right time. I think that's, that can be it. It's like, you might've heard this message before, but now is exactly when you need to hear that message. And it's mm -hmm. the change that you make. I will reference our last week's session that we did. Um, if you didn't listen to it, it was great. It was all about how action drives clarity, a really key topic that we touch on. Um, and a lot of what we shared in that episode will be compounded by some of the things that we shared today. Um, so we're going to go through the top seven mistakes that we have seen in the industry and we have made in our own journeys um, that hopefully you can learn from. And maybe some of these will stick out to you. I, I reckon a couple of them are going to stick out to you that I would encourage that you change. We're at the beginning of the year, it's 2024. If you can make some of these changes now, it could be your best year in content yet. Uh, so Stone, I think we should dive in a little bit to talking about the number one mistake that we've seen streamers make. And, and you've even made this yourself. 
you, you shared is streaming too much. Too much streaming, which you would think, oh, I want to be a streamer. I got to stream a lot. And there are a lot of exceptions where that has been the case for people. Uh, and there, there's no denying that. But especially for myself and what I've seen over the last, you know, five years, and I, th I think every year it becomes even more pertinent, more important, is creating content, having a mission, having something else that is standing you out from everybody else that's streaming. Maybe, you know, even 13 years ago, whatever, before I even started and, and then even at, over that time, there was a lot of people that were streaming a whole lot and there was just nobody else streaming. It was much harder to even do. It was much more expensive. There wasn't as many tools. The barrier to entry on it was much more difficult and streaming an extremely long time was a big differentiator. And it still can be to some degrees within specific niches, games, platforms, where they don't have the coverage. You can still find opportunity. And that will always be what I'm trying to guide people towards is finding opportunities where you can strive for it. But more often than not, and to be fair as well, I've seen a lot more talk on this in general of people understanding, oh yeah, we're streaming too much, people pulling back on it, which is great. To even reference you, when I started streaming on Facebook in 2016, making a switch over, my streams were like one hour long. I, I remember that. To, it was 1 p.m. 1 PM PST. Yeah. I was, uh, you trained me like I was a monkey. I just knew you were going <laughs> to go live at 1 p.m. PST. But I only got you for like an hour, maybe two if I was lucky, but it was really just an hour. But this was, this was a lot of the learnings that I had had over all of the years prior, right? Was... I had tried doing very long streams and at the end of even streaming, even for five hours, which is quite a long time in general of doing a stream on a weekend, playing with two or three people, having two to five maybe viewers and just not doing much off of it. I realized that I could spend that time way more efficiently, getting more videos done, getting so many other things done that can still build. Even if I'm just messaging people or interacting with people, I can at least like, in terms of the goals of what I'm going after. And that's always kind of the, the North star, the main thing that you're focused on with a lot of it, but it's like, what are you going after with it? And in particular for me, it was creating content. It was building an audience, creating some entertainment value, having fun, building a community was my main thing rather than just kind of throwing up a stream just for the sake of, I'm going to play some games. I'm going to stream it too. I wanted to actually build more of a story narrative, get involved with the community and get people around me to play with. So with all that in mind, then this is the path to take, right? It is me paring back the amount that I'm streaming and not getting a lot done. How much, how many followers am I gaining in this time? How much content am I actually getting out of this during this time? It, it was negligible to the amount that I could be getting done if I just spent five hours dedicated to building everything and what I needed needed to be doing. That's the idea of streaming too much, right? And I think for the most part, a lot of us that are gamers and streamers, we enjoy to play video games. And the the dream with it is to just play games and not have to worry about anything. And I'm, I've gotten a lot closer to that even personally after 12 years of doing this with having an editing team and having everything that I have now. But that was not the case for the vast majority of it where I had to actually build all of that up. And I, I stopped playing a lot more video. I stopped playing a lot of video games in order to then work on the content and to find opportunities and ways to get it out there. It's yeah. interesting when you think like even just the evolution of the industry, because when Twitch first came around, it was like you needed to be online 12 hours so that when the big guy goes off, you can get the next person's viewership. And like that was the meta exactly. for yeah. I think a solid like six years on Twitch. That was the meta. Um, and then what was interesting is a lot of people didn't make it 
like they couldn't build a business and like you know be sustainable on that and the ones that did a lot of them now are later on in their creator career and you can see them starting to shift so like they might have done those long 10 12 hour streams whatever but you can see them starting to shift into focusing on video and doing other stuff more and starting to bring down that the streaming element so it feels like it's almost atypical that you would stream long sessions now like there's very few people that can actually maintain that at a high level and for the most part those people also have teams that are enabling them to do more streams in the first place as well whether it's editing or whatever especially if you're going to continue to blow up off of it i think a big part of that is legitimately the competition from that the people that were you know maybe the most popular 10 years ago or whatever a lot of them are still around but there's also a lot of them that have not kept as much attention off of it for a multitude of different reasons but also part of that is you have an up-and-coming name over the last two years three years ago people who started you know during covid some of them have blown up far bigger than you see even some of the biggest names from people ages ago right it's like there is new waves that are continue to happen and even people that are starting this year are going you know another three four years from now the entire landscape is going to continue to shift and the people who already have what they're doing, even in my own ways, I already have a lot of the content that I'm doing, that I'm focused on, whatever. It's harder for me to adapt and to find the new trend, to get on that, to create whatever that is, because I'm not like I've got the system, I've got my audience, what I'm already building off of. This is the opportunity where other people come in. So to that point, when you see a lot of people that are streaming countless hours, they're not reaching the mass audience who's just consuming quick media. This is one of the reasons so many of these guys on TikTok, Reels, Shorts, even have blown up to. I mean, astronomical numbers that you can't even like a hundred million views a month off of shorts that are being posted on YouTube. That is such an insane amount of reach that now that is converting so well over to Twitch, to YouTube streams, especially with multi-streaming. Like that's where the, the, the funnel is coming in, where people aren't just going and scrolling down to, you know, number 1000 on the bottom of Fortnite or whatever, which is something we've been talking about for ages here. But this this is the, the understanding behind it and this is also where it's like you might be able to build an initial audience even off of that but going from a zero to a hundred is much different than a hundred to one thousand literally ten times and get then a thousand to ten thousand to a hundred thousand to hit that kind of numbers is it takes a lot more reach yeah and you don't see the resources that, that people have and often i find what i found is the most successful creators that are on the way up are the ones that recognize that most of the work is actually done offline, so not live. By far, those people are more successful than the ones that do the bulk of their work online, as in live on stream. And I, I think that's maybe one of the key messages I'll share that it, you would be one of very few people who are on the way up that could be successful just streaming. Um, I, I find that 80% of the work really is offline. So I, if you look at your week, like practically, I would just say how much time am I spending on the stream versus how much time am I spending doing stuff offline, working on the content. And I think that will be illuminating to a lot of folks that think they are not streaming that much and it will actually put a lens on like, should I stream less or, or is there an opportunity to stream less? And part of that even is just the preparation for the stream itself. Like when I would go into a stream, for example, if I'm going into, when I was going into a Battlefield stream that was one hour long or an hour and a half, or even when I went into my Player Unknown's Battleground streams after that, I've got my concept of what I am going after as I'm going into the video. 
as I'm going into the live stream, which actually is a video as well as how I would design them for YouTube, something I learned from some of the biggest creators specifically on that platform back in 2015, 2016. I'm immediately starting this, so you're not gonna click on this as a video afterwards and have five minutes to scrub through and find where the start of the video is for the um, you know countdown scene or whatever. And the point is, is that it immediately goes right into what it is. And I'm, I'm making better use of my time that I have there. Now, maybe that's part of the setup. Maybe that helps build the viewership, whatever. What I'm talking about here is how are you spending your time? So if you're already done an hour preparation, the way you execute your content is still up to you, right? But the idea is you are not spending too much time just on stream, playing a game, sitting, doing nothing versus being ready for that stream, executing the stream and getting whatever content you want done for that, having it be its isolated video itself, or then being able to reuse that content for something else. And then figuring out what's the next idea. Okay, I tried this for a month, two months. A lot of people, it's just for one or two times, not even a month. But I've done this. What have I learned? What have I taken away? What's the next thing that I can now try? Where's the next game, next genre thing that you can attempt to find that opportunity for? And I think that brings us to our second mistake that creators are making here. You want me to go into this? Yeah, uh, let's let's do it. The second big mistake that we see is not prioritizing video, which goes obviously very well into streaming too much, but the idea is to emphasize video content to not only showcase the portfolio of content that you're actually creating for you know a viewer, somebody who just sees you out of the blue, doesn't know what you're doing. They might tune into a stream at the wrong time, whatever. Like, Hopefully this makes sense to you by now, but it's not even just the viewer. It's also other streamers that might want to play with you, other brands that potentially would want to work with you. Of course, more down the line, depending on where you're at with your content. But video is one of the most easily attractive pieces of content and, and consumable pieces of content, assuming you, know, you can make it well enough in the first place and make it enticing. But they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And if you have a video that's also taught, like you can make that even so much more, right? As well as if you're doing something live in a stream, even in a format like this, it's you can do so much with that and explain it. And sometimes you need that for certain formats. But when you are making it into a video, you can cut it down to exactly what you want it to be. You can edit that into something that can be even more engaging. That's one of the reasons that short form content has exploded to those insane viewer view counts that I mean, we've been seeing over these past couple of years and how the people who have adopted that early have managed to capitalize so much off of it. Not prioritizing video is, especially if you're at the very beginning and you don't even know where you're going with it, it gives you more structure in terms of being able to execute on timelines, being able to, you know, if you've got a deadline for, this is going to be the weekly video that I do twice a week. I started with three days a week videos that I would do. Gives you some type of timeline to go after. But then it also gives you like, okay, I've got to come up with an idea. You know, I got to, I got to have some new piece of content for what is the next thing that can also then help structure your streams and the other ways that you can bring all these content pieces together. Even if it's just stories or even text posts that you're doing, um, reading comments, other videos, there's so many different avenues, but you prioritizing your video element with it can help to give you structure for your overall message, your narrative. And it's also the through the through line the, the main point that people can follow more easily it's really hard to follow daily three hour five hour even live streams that's what i do and it's really 
a lot of people miss a lot of stuff because the vast majority of the audience is not there every single day for five hours of the entire stream. There is a massive audience outside of that that is going to completely miss everything. So having the actual video line is like, all right, well, at least we know that more people are going to follow that, but even not everybody's going to follow that either. But it gives you better odds of having them see that and creating the avenues for it. Yeah, and I think about when you're, you're, you're growing, it's just true at, at any level, but when you're, when you're growing, your goal is to create a relationship with a viewer and, and have them become a part of your, your community and your audience and like come back and watch your content. And live content just makes that so hard because it's just like there's not a chance for them. They may not be able to see you again for two weeks. Whereas if it's a video, it's that, it's that next touch point to kind of understand, like understand you, your content, if it's entertaining, educational, whatever it is, it's a chance for them just to get to know you a little bit better. The one thing I also really love about video is your ability to learn is much faster than doing live. Like the feedback loop that you get in doing an edit and you know learning how to actually like create a thumbnail, create a title, see the comments, like iterate from that. You can iterate a lot faster and do more videos per day per week than you can with a live. And even though in live you have comments live and like if you try and say something funny and like no one reacts, you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't funny. Um, <laughs> but so you do get that. But it, the skill set, I think you don't learn as quickly. And the skill set of building video just compounds um, way more. And it's also it's just proven to be the more sustainable path. Like there's far more creators that have built sustainable long term businesses on video than on live. It's just a fact. To the point is like if you have that moment and maybe there isn't even a good reaction from people that are watching live of you know a glitch that happens or whatever there's still only the people that are there that are going to see that unless somebody clips it and then posts it and puts it into the right place and that can happen as well that's actually some of the best content that's a really good sign if other people are clipping what you're doing and naturally just throwing it up and wanting to share it because it's something that's so wild or whatever like you are showcasing something that's different you're differentiating with it you're finding the opportunity that's a really good sign but a lot of times that person's not there or they're not going to do the work until there's something that's already taken you know like dr disrespect has his, his own fan groups now that are just sprung up other places because he does a limited amount of content every single day and it gives other people then an opportunity to go and just rip what he is doing and post it but he has so much content that's going up with each of the jokes that he's doing, the, the disses that he's doing, like his personality is coming through on it. That's what you are working on, right? Like that's the content that you can pull out of it and then get more people to see this great moment of what it is that would otherwise just be forever lost in a video and maybe never clipped. And even if it is in a video, I'll give you an example. One of the biggest viral moments that I had had. I had a couple smaller viral 10,000, maybe 100,000 view videos. Um, maybe, I, I don't even remember if it was 100K at that time. And a couple of my videos were doing fairly well, but it wasn't until somebody pulled one of my videos. I was like, I was on like episode 19 of my YOLO series and it was episode 10, one of my lines, ETA five minutes to bedtime, boys. This joke that I wrote, I had tried it in multiple lobbies. I got this video up, it was performing fairly well. But it wasn't until even in a video, right? Like this was already doing fairly well, but somebody clipped that out of it, put it up onto Reddit, and it was so well received by this community that it ended up hitting the homepage one day. And then a whole bunch of other outlets started to pick it up. And over all of the years, I've had opportunities to try and get my content featured on other pages. And that's always been an opportunity for more people to see it, more people to know who I am. And 
for it to come across with it. But that never happens if that's just lost as a live stream. Even, even yeah. a live stream, right? Yeah. Or worse, if I've just recorded it and never spend the time to edit it and upload it and make it what it could be. So that's number two of seven. And I think what's interesting is they all play off each other. Like doing a little bit of all of these really compounds. Um, we, we touched on a, a book, um, Atomic Habits, James Clear, talks about how things compound over time. And, and I want to, as we move into number three, just think about how, these, how all of these interweave with each other and how... If you say you're streaming so much, you could never add in video. Well, if you thought about, you know, going into the stream with the purpose of creating a video, that's you just knocked out both one and two because you're, you're able to be more efficient with your time. Heading to number three, um, this is one that I care about a lot and I've cared about it even more recently. It's just more demands on my time um, is the rhythm that you have every single week so that you can be consistent, but have like predictability both for yourself and your own energy, but also for your audience. So they can kind of know what to expect. I talked about you training me like a monkey that I knew you was, you know, one o'clock, there was going to be Stoneman 64 is live. Um, and it, you just come with this energy right away and you created this, this predictable rhythm in the audience and me and others um, as well. I think rhythm is one of the things that people don't value highly enough. And it's one of the keys to enabling you to be consistent over the long run so that you have more shots on goal so that you have a better chance of being successful. How has rhythm evolved for you, Stone? You talked about, you know, having that one video and then it yeah. kind of grew to three videos and the streams. Well, there, there's a lot of different types of, when you think of rhythm of ways of creating content. And I think the main point of lacking rhythm is lacking in some ways it leads back to consistency, which is one of the main things that I always talk about with content. If you are consistently starting, when I start my stream, I'm immediately going into content. I'm in a good mood. I've, I've done the things that I need to before the stream. Even if that prep of the hour is me doing jumping jacks, getting excited, getting ready for the content, it's not that I'm even uh, going into it and trying to put on a fake persona of what it is, but it's me doing the steps of what I need to make sure that I'm healthy, that I'm happy, that I'm in a good mood to actually do what I want to do. Because then when I start the stream and I'm excited of what I'm doing and I see other people excited and coming in and bringing their energy to it as well, now I've got this positive snowball going. It's like, all right, hey, you know, everybody wants to do some custom games today. We go in on some customs and we have a good time there. I'm yelling at people. We're crashing cars in PUBG, whatever. Like I am creating an environment that is now, all right, you, you could go watch this other stream. You could go watch this other video or spend some time there but you know stones live at one i'm only going to be on for one maybe two hours at the end of the stream if i end on a big win or big moment if that happens i end the stream right it is oh that's it guys all right we got to follow the stream if you want to come back tomorrow i usually end it with a joke too like I, I had my green screen set up i'd stand up knock my green screen over pretend i turn my stream off start yelling at my mom to get me some chicken nuggets and like I, I would have some big ending on it as well to where people oh i gotta see this guy next and then it's like all right now i'm gonna go watch this other thing that's now a lot more passive it's a lot more there's less going on there whatever it is not to say that's exactly what you have to do but you need to create the environment that is like all right, I'm on my rhythm. Every time I'm going live, it's this time. It's something, you know, this person's going to bed every night. They pop their, their phone up. The top of the algorithm is something that they spend five minutes on every day. So it'll put me at the top of the feed. Boom. They watch one of the reels. They see a post, whatever. They can keep on coming through to the content. There's some type of avenue that is consistently going out for it. And it's not to say everything's going to be a success. I've had 
many things that fail. I try and put my energy to it. It doesn't work. I'm, but the point is, is that my rhythm is there, right? It's, it's not based off of what other people are doing or, or coming at it with. I'm still going to deliver on it. I've had people come back, dude, I haven't watched you in a year. I haven't watched you in three years. Even at that time when I was playing PUBG because I'd already been doing it so long. Oh, yeah, I saw you in Battlefield, whatever. This guy's still out here having a good time playing games. All right. I'll watch for a bit, and that could be potentially somebody coming back to it, somebody new, whatever. But if I am still consistently putting it out, and that's the point going back to the, you know, all of these lessons coming together with each other and mistakes is if you can continually deliver that. And for you, you might not even be able to do that for an hour of something. It might not even be the time to live stream to the point of what Steven mentioned is like, all right, yeah, you can bust both of them out at the same time, do a stream and a video, bada bang, get all the content off it. It's something that's really hard to do, and it takes practice to even build up to that. And if you're limited to an hour or three hours maybe or whatever it is for you per day that you can work on it, maybe you got a bigger chunk on Saturday, Sunday that you can work on for it, you probably won't be able to figure all of these things out and do everything all at the same time to where, all right, if I just cut out the stream and spend an hour working on making a good recording for a video and that I can spend every day, spend an hour working on this and do the edit afterwards and make a clip make a re and build up as you're going – that's what you want to do. And you're building the rhythm for it to where it's like, all right, now I'm in the move. I'm in the move. I can get all of this done. I can do everything I need to. Now, how do I add to it? How do I add an extra 30 minutes? How do I add an hour? How do I add a live stream to be able to engage with chat and still get the content of what I want to get out of it? Because this is where you'll differentiate from, you know, the, the stream of there's already 50,000 people watching X big streamer. Then, and you know, he's already got his rhythm. He's already got everything he's doing down for that. How do you make the differentiator to where now this is where you want to watch? This is where people want to spend their time. Or rather than going and watch the Netflix thing or the football game or whatever, to get people interested in what you're doing. And we're talking heavily on content. We're obviously focused very on content, but it applies to other parts too. Like whether that's you're talking about your workout, so you feel good, so you've got the energy when you come in, whether that's your sleep. I mean, circadian rhythm, right? Like so your body can predictably know when it's going to sleep, when it's getting up, and then you can manage your energy more reliably. So it's not like if, if you say you commit to doing like a 1 p.m. stream, you know you're going to be in a good, like a pretty good energy for it. If you've got a good rhythm, if you don't have a good rhythm, it's very unpredictable. So some streams you might just have a crappy energy, sometimes it's good. And um, it's really important that you, you build on it over time. If you hear what, what my rhythm is or what Stone's rhythm is, I mean, that's decades of just working on it and building on it and adding little things in and, you know, mastering it. And I would really take it a look at yourself and, and where you can put rhythms in and focus on mastering one and then kind of adding in another. Um, don't try and do it all at once uh, because if you try and do that, you know, you're going to fall off the wheel very, very quickly. So just find those little areas where you can do a little bit better and, and let that compound. So I want to move on to this next part. And I think you've probably confronted this a lot. I have confronted this a lot uh, in building the business over the last yeah. four years. Um, even at home in my personal life as well, I have like confronted this idea. And it's the concept, we're number four of number seven here, uh, of not letting go. Yeah. And I think it's one of the biggest things that can hold you back from growth and kind of getting to the next level in content creation in, in life what is your relationship with this and, and how has it evolved over the years of learning to let go? Yeah, this is especially as you've 
been creating this is it goes a lot more to people who have been doing this for a while but there might even be a loved one or somebody who's supporting you that could find other ways to help you that you don't necessarily need to be doing everything when you're not letting go you're spending too much time doing everything and the hard thing with this job in reality is that you are doing everything and you are the sole driver of you know unless you got some partner in what you're doing in the channel and that can have its own dynamics and problems and other benefits to it as well you are the driver you are your own not even boss of yourself but you are the one who's driving the opportunity there's nobody who comes and tells you and i, I might tell you listen you should do this you should do that you should have this many videos do this whatever but ultimately it's up to you at the end of the day of like all right i need to be the driver of this company of this business you're not going to have a boss come to you and be like all right hey here's the project that you're working on today or uh, this is the job that I need you to get done or whatever. There might be a fire that's going on and it's just not as important as you on the bigger gigantic fire that's in the other room of whatever it is that you need to actually be getting done. So when you're not letting go of things, especially as you do continue to grow and spend years creating content, building an audience, even you have an audience that wants a specific thing and you're trying to figure out, well, what's the next avenue that I can get into with it? Uh, a lot of times, creators and especially gamers you know you may not have a business background you may not have maybe you have it well in games by the way and i think this is something a lot of people underestimate because you're so good at building getting better at games and in many ways i see this in in players but not reinvesting in the right places right if you get money to spend this is something that you know you got to look at even mr beast and how well he does is he gets five thousand dollars from a brand for uh doing something early on with what he was doing and not even at the beginning of course he spent years before even getting to that but he immediately reinvests every single dollar of it back into his content whether that was for the giveaway to make the title better to make the next video better to then bring in enough viewership to then get another sponsorship to do another 5000 and continue that snowball going or one of the bigger things is hiring people on to a team now it doesn't necessarily have to be a full-time hire uh even Myself, I found some editors out in the Philippines to help me because it was a relatively cheaper cost than hiring an American editor, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can bring people on to just continue to leverage up what you are doing. Where the point of I was doing three videos a week, bringing on an editor so I could do four and five videos a week, just giving them the base content, do the base edit. Oh, it's, but it's so easy. And this is the hard part of not letting go. Some of the content, I'm so good at editing it. I know how to do this. I know, I know what I'm doing. In the first, it's going to take me longer to explain that to somebody to even get them to do it. And that 100% is a challenge, especially if that person ends up leaving. But the idea is that you are building towards something that allows you to go faster because you don't have to realistically be in every single part of all of your business. Now, there are some places where you are irreplaceable, but even within that case, if you saw even recently, MatPat was a gigantic YouTuber, one of the OGs. I mean, been around for like 13 years, created a channel, over 10 million subscribers on it. He's pretty much the face of it, but he's got enough of a, the rest of his team that's now been built up that they are also creating content. Look at Linus Tech Tips. This is also something that's been consciously done that differentiates them from everybody else over the long term. It's not something that immediately, oh yeah, they just magically got 50 people working for them. One day it was him building the systems, working with one person, then working with two, then five done the same thing with my own company as well, where I've built up to where I'm working with 10 different contractors. I have two full-time employees. And that is going to be a very personal question as well. Where do you want to keep going with it, especially as you continue to get the resources and making the best content for it? 
but it, and I can tell you firsthand, it is a challenge letting that go, but especially because I did all of my own content for so long, even working with an editor to have them help to a certain degree. But it also became, you know, after five, six years, seven years of doing it, it's like, all right, what else do I want to do? How am I going to keep doing this for another 10 years if that's what I want to do? And it was something that I had to look in inwards and be like, is this what, I, what do I want to do with the rest of uh, my career? And this is part of the assessments that, you know, I recommend people look at their content every three months, six months, a year, especially at least. <laughs> like, what is it that you're doing? Are you on an endless treadmill or what's the next thing you want to do? But this is the stuff that you got to be thinking at a higher level on. You don't necessarily need to be in the, you know, every single edit, every single clip. There's other people that are great that will also be able to bring things that you never considered to the to the content, to the company, to what you're doing, because different people have different skill sets. The more you can find the right people to work with and then be comfortable with letting that go. And listen, it, it's going to be, it is what it is, but it allows me to do these other things over here. That's what you're looking for at the end of the day. Yeah. You're, you're constantly looking for leverage. And I think the, the, the challenge is in letting go, there's an assumption that you must know exactly what it is you're going to do. If you let go of this thing, it's going to let me do this thing. And I think one of the, the ironies of that is that you have no space to even think about the other thing when you're still, like, just like editing as an example. If you're constantly editing all the time, you actually have no space to even think about what you could possibly do. Never mind actually go do it. And you're always looking for those opportunities to create more space so that you can think about other stuff. And especially if you're really creative, you, you want to really create the space to think and, and, and have ideas and, you know, research and plan. Um, and if you don't have that space at all, you'll, you'll never kind of move through that next phase. I will say one of the, the things I've really struggled with on this front is training. You really have to lean in in the beginning. Like you have to be willing to sit down, explain step by step. This is what I'm looking for. You have to be willing to give feedback and it feels like a lot of work and it is a lot of work in the beginning yeah. and it actually is more work in the beginning, the process of letting go. And that's why most people avoid it is because they're like, this is just a nightmare. But then you fast forward six months or 12 months and you're like, you didn't really change where you were. You're still doing the same thing. You've not been able to kind of evolve and try new things. And it's because you weren't willing to deal with that short term pain of training someone or trying something at different and you know use the editing concept it's every single part of this journey it's it's right you know it could be getting a mod in your chat it could be getting your emotes yep. done it could be getting a, you know a cleaner like some a, a big one people don't want to get a cleaner at their home because no one, I, can, I can clean no one can clean my better than me you know um <laughs> and there's just there's so many different different parts of this that um you you really need to learn to get go let go if you want to keep going to level above and it's okay not to know what that next level is but you still have to create the space for you to figure that out um, and if you're constantly doing doing executing executing you'll never create the space to figure it out it's a long-term investment right you you're not only in often many cases spending money but you're also spending your time in addition to that and even if it is just your time that you can invest into creating the base system for that for a future opportunity as you build things up more and then you can spend into it if you're not at that point of bringing somebody on yet, then 
you creating the systems of what you need and knowing what that is and understanding the vision of it, you will have to explain that to somebody or understand the idea for it. It most of the time is not going back to my point, them completely coming in and taking everything over. It is still driven by your vision. When somebody is like, does a, a lazy effort on something or gives you something that's not exactly what you had in mind, you still have to go back and forth and not, you know, get super frustrated or yell at them <laughs> or, you know, whatever, like that you might be feeling. It's like, no, that you got to be able to communicate that and, and be able to get across what you need to do or to teach them. And, and a lot of times that is the investment. That is what you are working on. And you, you know, the nice thing is have even more control over that to some degree, right? Like you have more control in giving feedback and building and, and working with a person than, you know, investing in the S and P 500, where it's like, you're really not going to have any impact on anything that any of those companies do, but in your own work and what you're doing and how you can get ahead, that is where you can, you can spend the weekend to get ahead on what you're doing to then beat out the competition on the new update that comes out on the new game, getting ahead of the game. That's doing the research on whatever it is, or even having that right person go out and find those clips for you to review. There's so many different ways that you can look at all of this. The idea is think outside of the box of what you're doing. Don't get stuck in not letting go of what you're going, even if it's going well. Um, and we can literally talk about this. Almost, almost hour, more importantly, but... when it's going well, is like the time that you want yeah. to try and like figure out, how, okay, how can I let it go? Because that's like, um, if it's you working. wait until it's you got working, this thing that's... that's working and it's like, yeah. I, I can't stop doing that. But then, yeah. And I, I would also just having, you know, built teams of the last, seven, eight years now, I would share that you get better at it over time and you will suck at it um, because you will be impatient because you will not communicate effectively because you will, will not be good at training or managing or um, things like that. And then the other person also has their own challenges with communication, with, you know, picking things up and or being accountable or, or, or being an owner. So you, there's just a skill that you're going to develop there, much like editing a video, much like um, streaming there's a skill in letting go and effectively training and effectively communicating and you get better at it over time. Stone, th the, this next one. Yeah. That brings us to mistake number five, which is comparing yourself. And this is a tough one because there is a lot to be learned from other people. Even the examples, everything that we're talking about today and with all of these podcasts that we do, there is so much value. And, and now there is I mean, more examples than ever in almost every category that you can go look at and learn from just based off of what they're doing. Watching somebody that is absolutely knocking it out of the park and being like, oh, I can, I can, I'm going to take some notes. I like this personality, this characteristic trait, whatever. This is what I'm going to be working towards, at least in partly what I'm doing. Like, there's so many great lessons, as well as then even behind the scenes, like talking about it, hearing it directly from people. In, podcasts like this. There's so many lessons that you can take away from different individuals that are putting content out or even from ourselves right here, right? Like in, in hearing the behind the scenes of what goes into it. And it's not even just us. There's a lot of different things. There's, there's in fact, there's probably an overwhelming too much amount of it that's even going on. And so many success stories that also come with that. And it's very easy to then look at yourself and be like, how am I not at that point? Even myself, there's people that come up you know, to my point earlier, there's people that have started during COVID, even two, three years ago, even more recently, that have blown up and have more daily viewership 
have way more daily reach on shorts or whatever it is and have captured something that, well, well, why don't I have it? I started before them. Shouldn't I be 10 times bigger than everybody else in perpetuity forever? No, that is not how it's going to work. That is never how it's going to work. And there's going to be more examples of this every single day, uh, let alone every year. And and bigger stories that come out once a year, there's probably going to be one guy that at least that a girl, whatever, there's going to be a person that ends up going crazy. And it's like, well, why isn't that me? But comparison is the thief of joy. So right? I want like, to challenge you on this one a little bit. I, I mean, I can't remember who said that comparison is the thief of joy, but I actually think comparison can be healthy. Um, it's the problem with so comparing just like, oh, they're doing really good. Oh, they're working on this. This is how they're approaching it. I think that can actually be healthy. Where I think it gets twisted is when you get jealous. When, when you start to have envy over the other person's success or their other person's ability to like put out more content or whatever it is, I think that's when comparison becomes toxic. But comparison in and of itself, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because it, it shows you what's possible. It shows you what you can do. Like, I, I mean, my own personal example, I'm, I'm a dad now, right? And I'm like, I want to be fit. And I'm looking at Instagram and I'm seeing all these dads that are like shredded. And I'm like, how? Like, how did he do that? Right? Like, it's <laughs> sure. really possible. Um, but, but I think my, my point there is I don't think comparison in and of itself. Oh, it was Theodore Roosevelt that said, and he's way smarter, way, way like, and I am. Um, kudos to, to Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, it said comparison's a thief of joy. But I, I somewhat disagree with it in that I think it's when you have envy that comes into the picture and you start to get jealous of the other person uh, for their um, outputs or inputs or whatever it is. I think that's when it becomes toxic because I actually think comparison and like seeing what other careers are doing, being inspired from different genres, verticals, you know, it's, uh, ways of approaching things is actually really healthy. I don't know if, how does that resonate with you? People look at it from that perspective of self-comparison and how I'm not there. And I think that does lead more often than not to the area of, uh, of jealousy, of envy, and then potentially pushing them as well in the wrong direction of what they're even trying to go after. Because this person also may not have the same set of values, the same set of like the, the same goal of what they're even trying to attain. You know, if somebody's working out and their main goal is to get as much viewership for the body, for the physique, whatever, they might be more inspired to use steroids or whatever, or trend or whatever to like help build that physique. And that might even be something a lot of people are public about it. Like, hey, this is what I am doing. Here's my routine of what I'm even doing for that. But that also may not be your goal in terms of maybe you want to have more longevity, maybe you're going to have more kids or whatever. And so I think that's kind of the area where um, people can get really caught up with it. And especially if they're new to even being self-aware off of the comparison is, is the pitfall, right? And I, I think when you're looking at that relevance, it is a skill to be able to look at something figure out what you want to get out of that or what similarities, what lessons can you pull out of that? And then critically think, how does that apply to your life and your routine and where you want to go for it? And actually looking at it, like, is there relevance to it? And this is really the, the I think the key thing even behind it in many things in life is like your own critical thinking and your application to what it is. Not to say that you're always going to get it right either, 
But then when you do make a mistake and start going down something, it's the self-analysis of being like, all right, this isn't working. What is the actual results of what's happening here? Is this working as it's intended to be? Maybe not, and then adjusting for it. I want to give two two concrete examples of my own journey. Um, one, when I was competing professionally in League of Legends, I was competing for four and a half years, and I can really tell the times when I was on my A game and the times when I wasn't. And so when the meta shifted, and I would start to look at other people who were more comfortable in a different meta, and I would be like, how can I, I need to adapt my playstyle to their playstyle. I need to become them. And that's when I failed. And when I said, no, these are my strengths, and I'm going to focus on my strengths and double down on that, and I spent more time focusing on that part, I was more successful. The same thing being an entrepreneur. When I started looking at other companies or other businesses, and I was like, oh, I should do that, or, or other CEOs, I should do this. Mm-hmm. The moment I started going, okay, what do I need to do? What is important to me? I saw way better results. I, I think that is the key. That is the valuable skill of it, right? Is how, do, how does it apply to you? How do you get out of this an inspiration and a motivation and seeing the, you know, the ceiling shattered on what you thought was not even possible to do, unlocking that for yourself to then push you forwards on it? So we are on number five of seven. We got two more to go. Number six, um, this is one that I've, as I've gotten older, I've grown to appreciate more because I did not appreciate this most of my 20s. Um, now I'm 32, I'm not that old, but uh, I'm definitely getting on a bit, um, is being in a rush. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that I see most content creators make is that they have this, I must be here by six months, I must be here by a year. And they kind of weight their success on whether or not they hit this arbitrary goal, whether it's follower, viewership, or revenue milestone, whatever it is. And I think it's a trap. And I think it's actually what causes a lot of people to become demotivated, and then become inconsistent, and then, you know, never actually make it, is that they think on such short timelines. Like, I mean, Snow, your personal journey, how long before you even, like, how long were you creating content before you even got your first, like, check? Well, when I first started, there wasn't even really any monetization to the point directly where... I had to get a network before I could even get monetization. And so that was even, I, I want to say at least a year before I managed to get into a network where they were taking most of the money off of it. So I was getting maybe 30 bucks a month after that year. And I was excited because then I could use some of the money for me talking about video games to get my own video games every year at the, the end of the year. And I could kind of have a self-sustaining hobby for it that I continued to keep pumping more not valuing your time into. whatsoever just the fact that you could pay the, <laughs> the cost of the just, game <laughs> I, I was just excited that i could get the game and like this was just something that because I, I just loved creating content for what i was doing and building an audience and having the people to talk to and building the community off of it it's like the bigger that all of this could be i, I mean i saw the potential of where it was i managed to go to an event when i got to like five thousand subscribers and i was completely you know, blown away with that. I got to go to an event at Machinima and I got to meet Syndicate who had just hit a million subscribers and he just bought this house and he was, or he was building his house. And it was like this, all this crazy, you know, huge success. You couldn't even imagine a gaming creator getting a million subscribers. It was like, it was insane. It was so few and far between that that even happened. And, you know, here I am, like, I'm late to the party. I started so late. There's no opportunity for me. They're, you know, they already have the whole audience, but I could have my own little niche within this that I can, you know, work my way up on and create the different piece that gets them to watch me instead of them for the, this or after they watch them or whatever. 
And, uh, you know, and there, there was many times where I was after that. And as I kept going where I, I was in a rush and I wanted to keep going, but I think part of my success with this has been not being in a rush. I mean, there's been plenty of nights and weekends where I, I needed to rush to get a video done to hit the deadline of, I, I do my world's best clip of the week every Monday. I've got my other show that I do every Thursday my one I do on Saturday. So I, I've got to get these things done in the short term. But in the long term, I know that I have to continually do this to where, you know, when a new game comes out, I'm dropping five videos the day that comes out. I, I, I'm bombarding content for a couple of days here, but then I need to get back to reality here. And, you know, the sprints are good during the summer, during I had winter breaks when I was in school and had some more chances to get on top of stuff. But then, all right, that's also not going to be sustainable for the entirety of the year. And now I've got to go into a mode where I'm doing only two videos a week and I'm one of them is just a live stream as a video. So this is going to be a one hour super packed and I don't need to do any editing. I don't need to do any uh, extra recording or anything. It's just going to end when the streams end over, leave it on a high note, whatever. So there's been opportunities around the way, but the idea is you're not treating it as, this is the idea of not treating it as a sprint. It is a marathon that you're continuing to go on. There might be points that are uphills where your heart rate's going to get a little bit harder and you're going to have to push a little bit harder for that. And I think making those pushes, working on the weekends, doing the nights, doing everything that I did was helped, helped me differentiate and get to where I am. But at the same time, if I had completely blown out my knees in the first half, in the first couple of years, and then I just couldn't, you know, if I did everything that I could and I couldn't figure out a way to continue going for another three years and another three years and another three years, uh, I wouldn't continue to be here. I, I would have already retired or, or had to, you know, and that's been something that's also becoming more prevalent prevalent at this point now that it has been over a decade for a lot of these creators there are more people that are retiring from youtube that are having struggles that are having to leave the platform for a variety of reasons and many different platforms where this is a this is something that happens i think the challenge when you hear the word don't be in a rush i want you not to confuse it with not creating urgency because like you mentioned like i got to get this video this yolo i got to get there's a game launch coming up. I got to get five videos ready. You still have to create a sense of urgency, you know, in a, in a week or in a month or whatever, but you also have to be able to zoom out and have the perspective that this is something I'm going to be doing for five, 10 years. And I'm going to be building over time. And these skills are going to compound and this audience is going to compound over time. And I, and I think that's what most people don't have the perspective on. And I certainly didn't have perspective in my teens. I didn't have perspective on this in my twenties. I just felt in a rush all the time. Um, like th this thing that I was working on was the most important thing and it had to happen now. What I have gained is just the perspective of longer term thinking. And I, and I think it benefits you if you can think in five, 10 years, if you can think like that in your twenties, plus still have that sense of urgency. I, that's someone I want to bet on if they can have that. Is there anything else we want to add on to uh, being in a rush? Because I want to rush us to seventh one as well. <laughs> <laughs> the slow golf clap. Um, now we can we can swiftly rush to number seven, <laughs> the final uh, of of the. These are the top mistakes that we see creators making, and the top mistakes we've made, to be frank, as well. Um, that, that hopefully you can learn from. So, number seven, consume more than you create. What does that mean, Stone? It is so easy to get caught up into the algorithms. This is literally how they're all designed. And what we have been talking about for years is like, if you are watching me 
even my own streams, I tell you, if you are going to be creating content, you got to stop watching me and go work on your content. Now, there is a lot that you can learn from other creators. And I think even talks like this and hearing some of the behind the scenes of it and the thought process that's going on behind it. But when you get your structures, you have your inspiration maybe from a couple outlets, but then it is up to you to figure out, even if you're mimicking this and, and creating a similar type of personality, vibe, content structure, whatever, you still need to figure out what is your own differentiator. What is the thing that is going to differentiate you when somebody clicks on this versus, okay, if I'm already getting all of the vibes, all of the con whatever from this other source, why would I go to the other reason? And figuring out that why is incredibly important. That comes from you actually putting in the work to figure out what that is. That put means putting in the hours, making the videos, making the content, whatever it is for you and what you are building and attempting to do, and then taking the lessons away from it as you continue to do that. So the idea is if you're creating more than you're consuming, you have more opportunities to do that because you're going through the actual lessons rather than just sitting behind the computer watching or phone, whatever, watching whatever it is. You can absorb a lot of good information, but you also may have the information that you need already at your disposal, but you're just not doing the actual work that you need to do to get it done. And it doesn't necessarily mean, okay, if I'm going to watch one hour of uh, YouTube, I need to have at least one hour and 10 minutes of a live stream done. It could also mean that you do a 10 minute video, but you've spent an hour and a half, not only on that video, but uh, well, maybe it takes you that long to create it. So that, that could already be great right there. But there's a lot of other ideas of the idea generation process, which you also don't want to get completely just locked in just only creating ideas and never doing it. But it's the process of creating something and working on that. You're actually doing work rather than just consuming things and spending your weekend watching, especially you know when I first started into YouTube, I had been a consumer for years of it. I had been going online, watching videos, and I thought, man, I could, I could do this. Look at these guys. They're getting crazy views. They're doing a couple things here. I, I could do this. And so that, but that was a realization after years of watching and understanding it. And then I could start to apply my own reasoning after that and get into it. I still watch a lot. I still learn a lot from that. But even the watching that I do is not for the sake of, oh, this is a really entertaining piece of content. It is oh, this is a really good topic. This is a controversial point of cheating, hacking, commentary. I'm learning new things about what people are responding to, how they're saying it, that I can then bring into my own topic for consideration and saying my own points on it and bringing this up for a reel, for a video, for something else down the road with it. Me spending time actually studying what are the developers talking about in their tweets? What are they saying in their actual blog posts, understanding all of their reasoning, reading through all of that. So that when I make a video about it, I have so much more insight and people know, oh, well, Stone comes at it from the approach of what the devs are saying, not all the leaks and rumors. And he differentiates between those. So it's not, and, and that all compounds on itself over the years of people knowing who I am, what my personality is, how I approach content and where I'm coming at from it. But that doesn't happen for me just consuming it. It's similar, you know a lot more words than what you actually use when you are talking, right? You can read something and still understand it, and but you may never actually use that vernacular in your day-to-day -day whatever, or you, it might not be part of your community or whatever. But if what if that was? What if you did branch yourself out? 
learn more ways to communicate it or talk on topics that you otherwise never would and then have something to say on it, that's how you have more to say is by actually saying it, testing it out, talking about it, trying the idea, getting uh, feedback from it of or, or the argument, even playing devil's advocate of it, playing devil's advocate on yourself. You'll hear me all the time, even in this. Sometimes I don't let Steven talk so much because I'm already throwing in, oh, well, what about this? What's the counterpoint to it? Because now there's a lot more conversation with that, even if it's just myself. But I got there from doing that every day, even when I'm in the car going to work, when I'm in the shower in the evening, thinking about these things to have the rebuttal. A lot of times, even back then, and even still, I will get I'll start talking about something in my head and start having an argument and be like, I need to record this. I need to stop thinking about it so I can have this initial reaction recorded and then have that as the video for the day. This is the, this is the topic right here. I'm thinking about it in the shower, whatever. This is the, the five minute argument that I need to put over a little bit of gameplay. And that's the video that I'm speaking to the YouTube audience, speaking to my Instagram audience, whatever with there it is. And then uh, get the feedback. Oh, I disagree with that or whatever. Point that people out, roast the person or learn from the person. I think it's interesting that that idea of like um, spending time with yourself. Like we're so, even though like we, we might just be scrolling on a phone or whatever, we're spending time with other people, other people's ideas, other people's content. And we're not necessarily spending it with ourselves and our own mind and our own thoughts and kind of developing our own opinions. And I think that's the, one of the ideas here is just spending more time with your own creative process and your own critical thinking and beating things up in your head, not being too heavily influenced by what other people um, are doing um, because it, it is a trap and you can go on oh, being productive. You know, I'm looking at this thing and suddenly, you know, 45 minutes have went by. You could have edited a video in that time and you just didn't because you've just been scrolling. And that's when, when I hear like you, when someone says, I don't have time, and you start to just digest, break down their week and what they're doing, it often falls apart and, it, and it's lost time. It's time that just kind of floats into the either of mostly consumption. Like on average, people are consuming, you know, two to three hours of content a day. And it's, it's because the platforms are good at it and it's easy to do. It, there's not much barrier. You, can, you don't even need to choose the thing on Netflix anymore or wait until the show comes on at the right time in the evening when it's programmed on the cable or whatever. It's just immediately available. You actually have to, to where, fight it. You actually have yeah. to... You're you being got, programmed. You have to fight that urge or fight that like algorithm. And then it's being able to do that for a long time consistently, going back to that, that allows you to have the differentiation for it and build off of it. You might be lacking the right ammunition in the right places. Maybe you don't even have an idea of all of these concepts of everything that you've listened to today. If all of this was super helpful, let us know with a review, a rating. Give us more of the impact and the feedback so that we can come back to you guys with more going into the future off of it. Obviously, we had a whole lot to say. This was super, super broad in terms of the seven different topics. We've talked a lot deeper on all of them. If you have a lot of the ammunition already ready to go, get after it. If you need more of it, and this is now, like this is your first window into all of it, and you're like, oh shoot, I this needs to be part of, if I'm gonna spend any time consuming, this needs to be what I'm consuming so that I have the ammunition to take in on the rest of what I need to do during the week, then heck yeah. Welcome. Make sure you're following, subscribe to all the podcasts and everything we got doing here. And we appreciate you joining in and listening to us because it's something that obviously we're very fired up on. We've been doing this for a very long time and we're excited to do obviously more of it every, uh, every time. Thank you, uh, everyone for joining us live today. Uh, thank you for those who are listening to this after the fact stone, um, happy Friday. Have a great week. Happy streaming everybody.